Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Today in Titletown Packers podcast. After a long break, a couple months off, I'm back with the boys, Braun and Mason. Uh, how are you guys doing? I'm doing great, man. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Lambo Leverage. Yeah, I'm doing good as well. Good All to right. be back. Glad to, uh, glad to chop it up with you guys here about free agency in the draft. But uh, yeah, you guys can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Packer Posts. It's been a while since we did a podcast, huh? When's the last time we did one after the... I don't think I don't think we did one after the Niners game, did we? We were we were just all in a state of sadness that we couldn't even. Yeah, yeah, I really didn't want to. Like we couldn't put it into words, but we'll move on. We'll move on. Yeah, we're we're moved on. We're in the off season. It's draft month, April second when we're recording this. Officially draft month. That's exciting. It's been a pretty quiet off season for Green Bay. Uh, Not a not too many free agent signings. Really, only three guys: Devin Funches, Rick Wagner, and Christian Kirksey, and Two of them, Kirksey and Wagner, weren't even really free agents. They were both released by their teams, and uh, Green Bay signed them. Funchess was a free agent, but yeah, not maybe what every Packer fan was hoping for, but uh, they're definitely steps to improve the team, you know, get these small, uh, smaller contract players, especially compared to last offseason when we broke the bank for guys like Zadarius Smith, Adrian Amos, Preston Smith. Uh, so pretty underwhelming for a lot of fans, but... There's still a lot to talk about, a lot to look forward to, including the drafts. So, yeah, when you talk about that, you know, the underwhelming part of not being too active in free agency, that's because we were kind of overwhelmed with the playoffs. And, you know, a lot of most of the teams that are signing these big free agents aren't in the playoffs. And they usually are trying to look for guys that we already have, like Zedarius, you know, like Aaron Rodgers, like keys to our team and just staples of our offense and defense that, you know, help us got, help, helped us get there. So. Uh, I, I really think that, you know, it's it's not fun, as fun, like, as last year when we had all those guys come in, when we're not getting as many guys in a year like this after a winning season, but uh, there, we did get some nice guys. I really do like Kirksey and Funches, but we'll get into that later, but, you know, it's definitely, we kind of had to expect it, not getting these this many guys, because we didn't have as much money, and we're coming off a, a season where we got to the NFC Championship game. Yeah, like last offseason, those were those were signings that six nine and one teams make. Those were signings that uh, teams that missed the playoffs make. Now that we're in the playoffs, thirteen to three NFC Championship, a lot less holes to fill. So it makes sense that there weren't a lot of signings. We didn't even have that much money to spend either. We had a a bunch of money to spend last year. That's why we, you know, went so hard in free agency. You know, attacked positions that we really had big needs in. And this year, you know, we had needs at middle linebacker at offensive tackle and we I think we had about going into it maybe like 15 mil and spending money not total cap but like spending money and we got we got you know under the radar guys Christian Kirksey and Rick Wagner and um obviously we tried to fill a hole at wide receiver with Devin Funches but um yeah we just didn't have the money and you know I I feel like this draft we're going to be able to you know, get maybe another middle linebacker or maybe another wide receiver in the first round and even in the second round. So I feel like I, I feel like Brian Gutenkus really played this well because the draft is pretty loaded at at middle linebacker if we can get one in the later first round and we can get a you know a solid wide receiver two or wide receiver three in the in the second round if we wanted to. So I'm I'm pretty happy how he played this. Yeah, there are a lot of guys who can make an immediate impact at both of those positions. So it it should work out well. Hopefully, it will work out well. Yeah, there's a lot of guys that, like like Griff just said, there's a lot of guys at those spots that we do need. Like, there's decent tackle depth. There's decent, actually, really great wide receiver depth. And there is depth at middle linebacker where, 
we could even, and I, I've been an advocate of this, but we could even trade down from that 30 spot to a, a pick early in the second round, maybe gain another third round pick, something like that, where we're able to kind of add multiple impact players. Maybe not starters right away, but guys that can kind of fill the depth that we need and come in and fill the roles of guys who do get injured if the case happens. So I think it's pretty valuable to have those those picks that we have uh, and be flexible with where we can go with those picks. Let's get into the uh, the specifics for these contracts for the three guys that we did sign. Uh, Bron, you got those on hand? Yeah, so we'll, we'll talk about the first guy. We made the first move of the day, uh, of that first day of the tampering period. We made that first move, which was Christian Kirksey on a two-year, $13 million deal, which I don't know about you guys, but I really like that move because this is a guy who can basically fill the role of Martinez as the like the leader of the defense, the guy with the headset. And he's also, I feel like he's a better run defender and pass defender when he's at his best. Another thing I thought was interesting was he got a contract that was very close to the, it was almost $10 million per year, which is what Blake got three years later. In Cleveland, he got a, an extension that was, I think it was four years and $38 million. So I, that that's kind of crazy to think about because the market has inflated for every position since three years ago with the cap increasing and everything like that. So. Uh, the fact that we were able to get him on a seven on a six point five million dollar uh, per year deal, I thought that was pretty valuable because if he can stay healthy, he he's gonna play at a high level because he's played at a high level before in Cleveland. That's why he got that huge extension. So if he can play at the level he was playing at before he got hurt that one year, I think that's a pretty valuable signing. It's a risky one for sure. I mean, we don't. We don't really have anyone else at inside linebacker who we can rely on except Kirksey now. And uh, for a guy so injury prone, it's definitely a pretty big risk giving him a six and a half million per year and relying on him to take Blake Martinez's spot who say what you will about him as a player. He played, I think he played a hundred percent of the snaps for most of the games this season. He's the leader of the defense. He had the headset, like you said. So uh, relying on an injury prone guy like Kirksey is, Pretty big gamble from Brian Gutekunst. I don't know if I want to say he's very injury prone or anything like that. The last two years he did miss, I think he missed, he missed like 14 games last year, I think. And then the year before that, I think he went out after about seven weeks or eight weeks. But uh, so he did end both seasons there on the IR. But uh, before that, he didn't miss a game in his career for his first four years. That's why he got that extension. You know, he was playing at a high level and hadn't missed a game. So you know, that was probably a huge part of it. And and when he kind of, you know, got hurt those last two years, uh, then they had no problem letting him go and, and walk in free agency. So I'm not sure, uh, well, they released him, but I'm not sure what the, uh, you know, if they're concerned about it in Green Bay. Uh, I think they're hoping, obviously, that that was just kind of two anomalies, but we'll see. I mean, you know, the last two years, injuries, that's a bit concerning. So we're going to have to hope he stays healthy. Otherwise, we're not going to have a starting inside linebacker at the moment. We'd have to rely on Oren Burks, which is one of those projects that has yet to plan out. Doesn't really look like it will. I mean, I mean, this is a guy that lost, to talk about Oren Burks for a second, last offseason, how much did we hear from Mike Pettin about how much Oren Burks had was uh, going to get snaps and how, how much better he looked in pass coverage and just as a linebacker. And he barely saw the field at all, except for on special teams. And so I don't I don't know what that means for him as a player. I don't know what he was doing in practice or anything, but 
it doesn't look like that's a guy that Green Bay looks like they could trust moving forward. And yeah, it, they're definitely going to have to look towards the draft for that position because it's pretty bone dry right now. And Blake Martinez wasn't a great player, but at least he provided reliability both health-wise and he was going to do his job most of the time, just not at a great high level, you know? Yeah, and I I think I can speak for any Packer fan that watched us last year. The middle of our defense was just probably our biggest weakness. Just so many plays, passing plays, running plays would just go right up the middle and, you know, tear us apart. Just huge chunk plays, eight to 10 yards. And it was, that was obviously our biggest weakness going into free agency. And, you know, if something were to happen to Christian Kirksey, obviously like Brian just said, he hasn't been healthy these past years. If something were to happen, I don't I don't want to have to deal with a young guy like Oren Burks having to step up. And if it doesn't work out, like I don't want another year of, you know, Mike Penton's defense getting exposed to the middle again. And it just it kind of brings up the question, like, do we have to use a high draft pick? Like like are we gonna have to use our first round or maybe move back in the first round to get an early second and, you know, draft a guy like Zach Bond or Patrick Queen. Um it that just brings up the question because I was really hoping we could you know focus on the offense in the first round, maybe a wide receiver or even an offensive tackle. But are we really going to have to spend another you know first round draft pick on helping out this defense that I already think is pretty loaded besides this middle linebacker position? Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, if Kirksey goes down, the next guy up right now as we speak is Oren Burks, who just has been, I mean, in his first two years. He's just been so abysmal against the run in training camp and in the preseason. I mean, what he came out as was like a pass coverage linebacker. He, he's a former he was safety. A safety in college. Yeah, for, exactly. Former safety, super quick. I mean, he's going to run with guys. And he's gotten bigger over the last two off seasons, and he's going to be doing it again, I'm sure. Lifting weights in the gym, trying to get bigger to help stop the run. But then that diminishes, you know, his quickness and speed as like a safety hybrid type guy that he was. So... Unless he stops the run better, it's gonna. I just we can't have him in the game like as our number one guy. And the the thing about Mike Pettin's defense is, is that we're usually gonna either have one linebacker in the middle, or we're gonna have one linebacker and a hybrid safety linebacker like which would be Raven Green at this point, which I'm pretty comfortable with. But it's rare when we have two guys on the field. But when we did when we did do that last year, it was B.J. Goodson and Blake Martinez. And B.J. Goodson, is he's not great. You know, he left to the Cleveland Browns in free agency, but he was not great um, in pass coverage. He was kind of that run stuffer next to Blake. But, you know, I don't know what we're going to do at, at that spot if we do want to put two guys out there. I'm assuming we're going to have to take one early, and it's probably going to be in the first three rounds, I would have to assume. And a lot of people are saying, you know, that they don't expect the Packers to take a player at that spot early because we just don't value it very well and very highly but at the same time if Kirksey goes down we are in we are in a lot of trouble because we don't have a run stopper there and then it's just it's going to be so hard and we're going to be ended up getting gashed by the uh, 49ers again in, in, in a playoff game so it's just we're gonna have to figure that out whether it's a trade a late addition we definitely need a second guy there and what's behind Oren Burks Curtis Bolton, Ty, Ty Summers. Ty Summers, who yeah, I think. These is, are guys who haven't even played a snap, man. We can't yeah. put guys that played before and expect them to play. But I, it's just, we have to make a move there. And I don't know if, it, I, I doubt it comes in free agency, but at the same time, 
we do have a lot of positions that we need to attack in the draft. So it's it might come down to one of those things where it's like one or the other, and we're gonna. I mean, no team is perfect. We're not gonna be able to hit every single need uh, in the draft, and we're gonna we're gonna be left with a spot where we're not. It was middle linebacker last year as well. It was Blake, and then we didn't have anything, you know. So mm-hmm. we were. And he's been he's been hurt before, so that was obviously concerning. But we didn't we just ran with that, and we ended up getting B.J. Goodson, and you know, it ended up working out okay. It was serviceable, but you know, one of those positions is probably not going to be filled. And whether that's cornerback, and, if we just stick with Jair, and that that's what's so frustrating. Looking back at Aaron Rodgers' career, it's like for the first for the super bowl seasons that 2009 through 2012 that we had great offenses a lot of talent but since then we haven't had that much talent for a sustainable period you know we had one or two years where um we had a great running back or a great wide receiver room but it always feels especially right now it feels like that we're lacking so much talent on the offensive side of the ball. We haven't drafted um, an offensive player in the first round in eight years. We haven't drafted a skill position player in 15 years. And it's so frustrating looking at Aaron Rodgers' prime and his career. We we just always have something on the defensive side of the ball that needs immediate attention where we cannot give him the help that some other quarterbacks have gotten in their careers. And yeah. it used to be always be in the secondary corner, safety, now it's middle linebacker, and the defensive line needs some attention as well. And it's like, this finally seems like the year that there's so much talent at the wide receiver position. We can finally get a guy who will help Aaron Rodgers as he, you know, he's on the back nine of his career. Give him a guy, who the last great Aaron Rodgers receiver maybe. And we might not get that because of the middle linebacker position. And that's really, really frustrating as a Packer fan. Like I was saying, yeah, like we do have other needs. Like just about every position we could use another guy at. Well, we've got 10 picks and some of the positions we need a guy that can come in and play right away. So I, I we can't rely on a sixth round guy to come in and, you know, replace Trish, Christian Kirksey if he goes down. So we're going to have to figure out what's important and what's not important at this stage and figure out, you know, who we can get in to replace guys if they go down or you know, actually play some football, uh, significant snaps and things like that. And Griff was just saying that we definitely could use a corner if we're not bringing Tremont back. There's nobody that can play in the slot right now, really. I mean, Shannon Sullivan, I don't know how much I want to see him on the field, especially not, you know, I don't want to see him on the field for like a majority of the snaps. But I, even after that, it's Kadar Holman after those three. And he was a sixth-round pick that didn't play last year at all. So, uh, and then, you know, we could use a backup safety, Will Redmond. I, I really am I'm not a fan of, you know, the way he plays football. He's just not a good player. So, uh, we need somebody else that can be a sideline-to-sideline side guy that can replace Darnell if he goes down or anything like that. Like, D-line, like he just said, we there's definitely a room for improvement there. We need a run stopper next to Kenny Clark. There's no doubt about it. I can go on and on, but there's there's definitely positions that we need to fill. And the unfortunate thing is most of the picks that we have are going to be guys that are either really long projects or just guys that are going to be at best average in the NFL. Just looking at this roster, I, like you said, Ron, there are spots like, like tackle and corner. We, we do have holes. Definitely past Jair and Kevin, there are holes, but 
I just feel like that middle linebacker spot and, and just another wide receiver, either if it's our wide receiver two, three, doesn't matter. I feel like, like, should the Packers take a risk? Should like we not take a corner until like round four or five and hope Channon Sullivan or Josh Jackson could really step up and be our, be a, like our slot corner, corner three, and just, you know, hope that Rick Wagner works out and, I feel like we got enough offensive line depth. Maybe Lucas Patrick could step outside if we really need it. And, you know, we haven't cut Lane Taylor yet. I just feel like, I don't know about you guys. I just feel like wide receiver or middle linebacker or even even defensive tackle. I, I do think defensive tackle really needs, we really need someone next to Kenny Clark. I really don't want to see Tyler Lancaster starting next to him next year. It was, I, I feel like that was another problem with the middle of our defense was, our second defensive tackle, but I just don't know about you guys. Middle linebacker and wide receiver has to be our main priority in the draft. I just think the other positions we could, we could, we can wait another year. Corner definitely. Like Josh Jackson was a second round pick. He, I remember that draft. He was projected to go round one, even to the Packers at yeah, like fourteen. Right. Yeah, they, they, I know they were talking about him going to us in the first round, and then he ended up getting Jair and then Josh Jackson in the second. I kind of I just forgot about Josh Jackson because he really didn't play at all last year. He didn't. He, I think I really love him as a prospect, and I I would I had no problem leading up to that draft. I had no problem with them taking him in the first round. I still think he's going to be a good player in the NFL. We just have to put him on the field and let him go through some growing pains. We didn't give him the chance to do that in his rookie year, and we didn't give him the chance to do that last year either. And uh, when you talk about the offensive line, I, Lane Taylor absolutely could step out. And that's, I think that's the reason we haven't cut him yet because he still could be better than Billy Turner on the right, on the, in the right guard spot, and I think he could be better than Rick Wagner at the right tackle spot. We just have to see. We got to let him get in there and compete. I don't think it's fair to him to to cut him loose and you know not give him a chance to win a starting job where he might be the better player than both those guys. Well, and offensive line depth is just so valuable, and I think uh, a lot of us went into the off season thinking that Lane Taylor was. Definitely going to be cut. Ninety percent chance was going to be cut, including myself. But uh, I think, I think keeping him maybe is a smart thing to do because, you know, offensive line is such a injury prone position. It's so easy to get hurt. So rare for an offensive lineman to play sixteen games. Luckily, we have a lot of guys who uh, are able to stay on the field most of the time. But Lane Taylor is valuable. He's making a lot of money to be a backup, uh, emergency piece on the offensive line, but. Uh, he is definitely valuable to the team right now. All right, yeah, you know what? Speaking of the offensive line, let's get into the details of that contract. We got Rick Wagner, who we signed as a right tackle, former Lions right tackle. We signed him to a two-year, $11 million deal. This is kind of like I, what I'm thinking as if I was Brian Gutekunst, I'm thinking this guy is, he's a veteran. He played with the Lions. He originally got a big contract when he went to the Lions. Uh, and this is a, it's a two-year Five and a half million per year, uh. So I don't know. I mean, it's a lot of money, but then again, we paid Bill Turner seven million per year last year. So I don't. I mean, it's less than that. I'm sure we can get out of it after this year if we. And, and I'm thinking as Brian Gudikins that we probably draft someone early and groom them to either take his place at some point during the year, or let Wagner play and then replace him after that. You know what I mean? I just that's what I'm thinking with this move because. I don't know how much he's relying on him to actually start. I just he's not he's like average. He's he's serviceable at best. He's a well, pass protector. 
You know, he's a pass protector, which fits our offense, but I just, I don't know. I he's so That's starter money that he got, right? Not, I mean, Turner got seven million. You would, I would, when we all, when we all saw that deal, we thought, oh, he'll replace Brian Bulaga when he leaves in free agency next year at right tackle. He wasn't, right. he would, he would be a disaster at right tackle. I feel like he's just, he's, he's too thin. He's not, he's not bulky enough to be able to hit what everybody thought. We touted his athleticism, but he's a guard type. He's, he's just, he's quick and, and he's good as a guard uh, at times. But even then he's just like, you know, that, that's a deal I regret right now. But I, I this one is less money. So I, I don't know how much they're relying on him to actually start for more than maybe half the year, because I do think they're going to draft somebody early there. Right. It feels like a, a bridge piece at the right tackle spot, which exactly. also implies that they are looking to draft early um, a right tackle or a tackle in general, which, again, there's so many pieces that <laughs> it feels like there's so many positions on the team that we need immediate ten- attention to and immediate starters, and we're going we're going to do that through the draft. And uh, it seems like an issue. But, yeah, Billy Turner, that feels like one of the more regrettable signings of Gutekunst's career. At the time, it seemed like, whoa, that's a, that's a lot of money there. And now, after he had an okay 2019, uh, certainly wasn't disastrous. Certainly better than Byron Bell in 2018. But that feels, like you said, very regrettable right now. Yeah, you, and, you know, and when we signed that deal, I was like, whoa, that's a lot of money there. And then, you know, after this year, I'm thinking, whoa, that's a lot of money there, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I, it feels kind of like maybe that's going to be the deal with Rick Wagner, too. I could see that. He did not have a good season last year. He was pretty bad for the Lions last year. So so hopefully that's not as regrettable as maybe the Billy Turner signing is. Um, I don't think he's the long-term starter there. I don't think Gutekunst is planning on him to be the 2021 starter or 2022 starter or anything. That's the magic of having a two-year deal, though. If you know If he doesn't work out after the first year, just like Christian Kirksey's deal, you know, there's... If, if you cut him after this year, there's little to no penalty to that. So, like you said, he's probably just a right. bridge right tackle for now. Um, if we don't draft one early this year, it's probably going to be our main priority next year in the draft or offseason. Yeah, and we all remember Jared Valdir when, when we signed him. I'm surprised we didn't bring him back. The word was that he wanted some kind of significant money. But when we went out and paid Rick Wagner, you know, that was surprising because and it was the first day I'm thinking, whoa. You know, we got Jared Valdir. I mean, I know that he wants money, a decent contract, but he doesn't want that kind of money. I mean, I don't think he wants over five and a half million per year. He would, nobody would pay him that. He he just he just came out of retirement. I don't, and he played he played well, but nobody's paying him five and a half million. He's still on the market. I I don't know if we bring him back. That's tough to see after we did this Rick Wagner deal, but that was surprising that we didn't just go with him, a guy who was in the system and he played well when he stepped in for Brian Bulaga at a moment's notice. Brian Bulaga is active and then he just has the flu and he can't go. So he's in there and he played really excellent in that Seahawks game. So I don't know. It's just, that was surprising to me. I don't know about you guys, but that shocked me. Yeah. Veldir seemed like a guy that we were for sure going to resign. Um, right now it kind of seems like a wait and see kind of, kind of guy. Same with uh, Tremont Williams. Like, if we can't find anyone who's better than him in the draft, then we'll bring him back on a cheap contract if he's still available. Um, and it'll probably be pretty cheap at that point, seeing as there's really no market for him, it doesn't seem. Same with Tremont Williams. He's pretty... But yeah, Valdir, I don't... Sorry. Go ahead, Mace. 
Go ahead. He's pretty much the same age as Rook Wagner. That's why I kind of saw surprising. I thought we could have gotten a better deal on bringing back Jared Valdir than, you know, signing Rick Wagner to a $5.5 million a year contract. I don't know. And obviously Valdir spent half a year with us. I, it was surprising, you know, bringing Wagner in instead of yeah. Valdir. And we have depth at, at line now, now that we didn't cut Lane Taylor and we got Lucas Patrick, you know, tied up with us for probably another two years. So surprising to say the least. I think it's still possible that Lane Taylor, maybe we, Maybe we're keeping him because we see some kind of trade value in him where we could get maybe a, a day two pick or a day three pick uh, for him and his contract. He's only, I think his cap hit's only about $4.5 million maybe. Which, I mean, that's that's a, a decent number, but it's tradable. It's not like, you know, I don't think we could trade Bill Turner because his cap hits are pretty huge for the next two or three years now. So I think we can trade Lane Taylor for maybe like a fourth or a fifth round pick, probably a fifth. Uh, which they, they might be holding out hope for that maybe, but or maybe they really do want him to come in and possibly compete for a starting spot. I think that that's pretty reasonable. He's a good player, and you know he he played really well at times, and then at times he struggled last year. But uh, I do think he should definitely get a chance to give it a go and get a starting job, uh, especially with the uncertainty we have at at two positions that he can come in and fill. Uh, that's right guard and right tackle. So. You know, I I don't I don't see them sitting down Bill Turner though, especially with that contract. He'll probably play, but he can definitely get that right tackle spot if if Wagner struggles and and he wants to get back out there on the on the field and he's playing well enough. They'd put him out there for sure. Yeah, Lane Taylor has a uh, would have a four and a half million cap hit uh, for a team who traded for him. We would have about a million in dead cap. So I I didn't really think about that. We could trade him. We could be waiting for the draft to trade him. I'm sure there's a team who would. You know, he's a good player he's played a lot of snaps for us he's been serviceable for sure throughout his career and uh good alignment are hard to find in the nfl as we can see from a lot of teams who are really desperate for some good left guard play you know it's not easy to find and that's another reason that maybe we do keep him just as a extra extra piece to have on the team if he's if he's willing just to be a backup you know lucas patrick could be our backup guard and if Lane Taylor could kick it out and, you know, play tackle, I mean, those are two solid backup linemen right there. That's that's hard to it's hard to pass up that's the opportunity. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like I feel like having because Patrick, he's he's very versatile. He can he can play center for us too. Mm-hmm. That's and it's so hard to get a guy that can play center and then also be able to play guard and just be consistent in that way. He could play left guard, right guard, you know, like he's very consistent like that. I think we do need a swing tackle, and I, I'm pretty sure Lane Taylor could kick out to left and right. I, I know he can kick out to left because he was playing left guard. He can kick out there, but it'd be I, – I don't know. I mean, he's not going to get Elton Jenkins' spot, and obviously Bakhtiari is there at left tackle. If he wants to start, he's going to have to get that right tackle spot, I'm sure. So, But, yeah, I mean, having a guy with the experience he has in the offense – you know, with Aaron Rodgers, you know, that's that's very valuable. With Bakhtiari, you know, that, that is valuable. So uh, it would definitely not hurt to have, you know, quality guys backing our guys up so we don't have to put Alex Light out there to go stop Joey Bosa, you know what I mean? Like, it it would be valuable to have him. Should we move on to the uh, the final free agent signing of this offseason? Mr. Devin Funches, Braun, I know you are elated about that signing. Yep. You want to break it down for us? I love it. I Love it. Yep. One year, 2.5 million. Just an, I, I think it's a perfect signing for us because 
we we weren't expected to come out and get the big one, the big wide receiver. We weren't expected to come out and get that in free agency with the situation we were in. But Funchess, low risk, high reward. And here's why. One year, $2.5 million. That's a great base salary for him. That's perfect. It, people thought he might get the minimum, but he's, he definitely deserves the $2.5 million. Uh, but it does. It has a chance to go up to six million around in incentives, which is great for him as well because he's done some great things with the Panthers uh, in recent years. But what what kind of halted his market was the fact that he got injured in the first game last year after only had three catches, thirty two yards. He went down with an injury that sidelined him for the year during that game. It was a collarbone injury, right, Mason? Yeah, pretty sure he caught three passes in Week One and broke his collarbone. Right, okay, so, and that's not an injury that, you know, you're concerned about for a wide receiver, really. It's not an ACL, you know, so that's that's why I think it's very low risk because the odds of him getting hurt with a collarbone again are pretty slim, so, uh, and his production is very good. He was doing it with the Panthers, uh, you know, he was in the Super Bowl with, with Carolina in his, I believe it was his rookie year, you know, he was playing with Cam Newton at in his prime, and he did have some good years. He he ended up getting, you know, a, a decent uh, amount of yards and a, and a few touchdowns uh, in his best year was, I think, 2018. He had near a thousand yards. I think it was around 800 uh, and eight touchdowns, something of that nature. Uh, but he really does have a lot of upside. He's only 26. And uh, I think he's going to fit well with Rodgers. He's a he really is a he is a 50 50 guy. I think he kind of replaces Jimmy Graham a little bit in the sense that he's going to be able to go up and get some balls that not every wide receiver can. And you see it on tape with him all the time. He's going and getting those balls that not everybody else can. So uh, I think he's he really is a good fit because he's that big body that we can actually have that can catch the football. And, and he's still dynamic downfield. He's very underrated as a route runner. He's not the quickest guy out there, but he's he's a great route runner and, and he can do a lot of cool things after the catch. and he can get up and get those 50-50 balls. So I definitely think it was a great signing. I graded an A-plus on my recent post that graded all the free agent signings. So uh, I really, I, I'm actually pretty happy with it, and I think it's going to be a good first move. I agree with you, man. Uh, I think it is a very low-risk signing, $2.5 That's not a lot for what could be our wide receiver, two by Week 10. And um, maybe this is a guy that if he didn't break his collarbone, he would have gotten a lot more on the open market. He probably would have. Um, playing in that Colts offense with T.Y. Hilton. Um, yeah, he's a really fine route runner. He's really good at that to go along with Devontae Adams. Not very fast. I do think we need a, a lot more speed on the offensive side of the ball. It feels like we kind of have a lot of these same types of receivers. You know, the Geronimo Allison, Jay Kumaro, Alan Lazard, now Devin Funches. Geronimo Allison isn't on the team anymore, but you get what I'm saying. These, these kind of like big bodies, not fast, but... Um, able to create separation occasionally. Uh, that I really don't love. I would have liked another guy, maybe a ta- Taylor Gabriel at the at a higher price tag, but not too not too high. Um, but yeah, it's very low risk, and if he doesn't pan out, he doesn't pan out. There's really no penalty for that if that does happen. Yeah, and the dude's only 25 years old. Like last year, when he was uh, when he was actually testing the free agent market as one of the you know one of the better. Free agent wide receivers. He got a one-year, ten million dollar deal with the Colts. That is, that's a lot of money. And obviously, it didn't work out. He got hurt week one. But this is such a, like you guys both said, low risk, high reward. If it works out for the Packers, maybe 
maybe we think about extending him next year and you know we we got a really good year out of him this upcoming year yeah we'll definitely probably think about it but um even if we draft somebody you know now i personally i do think this kind of shapes up of who we should probably look for in a wide receiver this upcoming draft i'm looking for a you know like a faster guy i i wish henry ruggs didn't test so well at the combine because i because originally he was you know falling to the later first round but now after running a four two nine, whatever he ran, he's gonna probably go mid first round. But but yeah, even if Devin Funches ends up as a you know wide receiver four, if Alan Lazard outplays him in during, uh, the course of the season, and you know we're out of it, and after this year, he only signed a one year deal. And if we draft somebody high, and even he's you know he pans out more than Devin Funches does, you know we don't have to. There's no complications with it. It just I feel like this was just a, such a good signing, even though he's probably not the exactly what we needed i thought like griff said we probably needed a faster you know more slack guy like taylor gabriel or brashaw perryman i i felt like for this price and you know the upside that devin Funches brings i felt like this was a really good signing yeah i was super high on the possibility of signing brashad perryman i thought he would have been a perfect fit for us he would uh you know he came in at a bit higher of a price tag i think he got around eight million per year i think he was either six or eight million but uh I, I figured if, if we were going to be paying a, a large contract to a receiver, I, I posted about this a couple, maybe a couple months back about the receivers we should target in free agency. He was my number one guy because his contract wasn't going to be as high as everybody else. Uh, it was still going to be like a, a pretty decent contract, which it turned out to be. But he was just like, I felt he was the perfect fit at a decent deal. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I would have preferred. I probably would have preferred him if we were going to go that route of a, a expensive guy. Uh, but considering the value we got here and the potential, uh, I do think it's a pretty decent deal. Uh, I'm quite excited about it. But uh, like you were talking about, maybe, you know, you think we need more speed. And I agree, we do need another guy with speed. But the thing about this wide receiver class is that we can be very selective, very picky with who we want to get because there's a, there's a wide receiver, there's a perfect type for every guy. Like, if you want a guy, you could be specific about exactly what you want, and there's a guy for it. There's there's about 25 draftable wide receivers within the first three rounds. There's so many different prototypes and just so many different types of guys that you can get. So we definitely, I think, need a slot guy, first and foremost. That's what we should be looking at. A guy that can, like you said, be quick downfield, but also we need a guy that can be quick in the middle of the field, too. We haven't had a guy like that since Randall Cobb. We just needed not a not a small guy, but we need a guy that can run routes super quick and can get downfield when we need him to. Like, so I just think uh, I think we can be selective. So I'm okay with this Hunter signing, even though he's not that quick guy. But um, I think we can get that guy in the draft. I agree, hundred percent, man. Speaking of Randall Cobb, if we could have just given him a three-year, fifteen million dollar deal last year. God, you saw the contract he got with the Texans, right? He's getting nine million a year yeah, now. Yeah, that was that was so surprising because he got more than a lot of guys got. He got a lot of money. He got he did. Then, and that is from the coach of the Texans paying money to guys. So I don't know about that, but but uh, yeah, that's gonna do it for the today in Titletown <laughs> Packers podcast. We'd like to thank you for listening. We'll see you in a couple weeks or one or two weeks with our draft preview. We're gonna do a couple draft podcasts. We're thinking here. So uh, make sure to be on the lookout for those and go pack, go.